The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. All right. Well, welcome, everyone, to our second ACB President's Office Hour. So, I uh, hope everybody has had an excellent week. I want to first thank Travis, who is our host this evening. Jane uh, will be doing our clubhouse uh, activities. And Deb Cook-Lewis is our streamer, if we can get that going. Our special guest this evening, I'd like to welcome Kenneth Simeon Sr., ACB Board of Directors and Chair of the DKM Fund Committee. Welcome, Kenneth. Hello, Dan. I'm glad to be here with you. Oh, we're so glad to have you. Yes. Looking forward to your thoughts uh, on the DC Leadership Conference and other things going on inside of ACB. And we're also honored to have with us tonight, Deb Cook-Lewis, ACB First Vice President. Hello, Deb. And hello. So I just uh, would like to say, wow, guys, this is getting really close. We're only uh, just a what a week from a week from Saturday, we'll be starting the four day virtual DC leadership conference, which will be uh, the president's meetings will be March 4th and 5th from 1230 to six o'clock with a fireside chat on Sunday evening from 730 to nine. And then we'll have our legislative seminar and that will be Monday, March 6th, and Tuesday, March 7th. And that will be hosted by Clark Rackfall, our ACB Advocacy uh, uh, Director. So, wow, it's, it's getting close. So, Deb and Kenneth, are you guys uh, going to not only participate in the virtual portion, but are you heading to D.C. for the in-person uh, conference, which yes. will be the next weekend? Yes, mm-hmm. yes I'm looking forward to it. Ah, fantastic. So... Deb, I think one thing that's kind of come up on leadership and conversation a little bit this week that I wanted to address really right off the bat, and that is a virus uh, that's going around around the D.C. area that is affecting people's uh, dogs. So maybe if you could give a little update for our members who are maybe going in person and thinking about their their, uh, service dog. Well, sure. I actually want to thank GDUI for uh, bringing this to our attention because it wasn't in my attention. So, um, because I live in a part of the country where this hasn't applied yet. But anyway, um, there is a uh, new flu virus, influenza virus, uh, going around for dogs. And boy, this thing sounds like COVID to me because uh, the dog gets uh, sick, pretty sick, and, and some dogs, if they are older or have other health conditions or just in the wrong place at the wrong time, um, have, have died from this. And I think most do not, but, but, you know, it is really, and it's big. And, uh, like COVID, you, they recommend that you get a, um, a vaccination, uh, for this thing. And, uh, you, you do this. And then um, they recommend that you get the booster vaccination for that within uh, uh, two to four weeks. And then they recommend that you get an annual um, booster vaccination. This sure sounds familiar, doesn't it? And uh, they recommend that you get an annual booster vaccination. 
So, uh, it, it apparently has had a significant outbreak um, along the East Coast and, and particularly in the D.C. area. So, GDUI brought this to our attention. And so, um, I would like to encourage that if you are coming to the in-person part of the leadership conference and you have a guide dog that you are bringing, that you may want to be chatting with your vet if you have not already had these shots and gotten that taken care of. Uh, in my personal case, um, because of the part of the country I live in, uh, the shot is uh, easily obtained here, but it is not available in every vet office. It has some storage requirements like many of these vaccines do. And so they aren't just all storing it up, but they can readily get it. Unfortunately for me, um, I, I am glad that I knew about this uh, concern because uh, I'm actually now not going to be bringing uh, my dog, Praline, uh, to D.C. this time because uh, when I, by the time I had gotten the vet contacted and everything, I only had three weeks to work with. And my particular vet said that they wanted uh, two weeks after the first shot and then two weeks after the second to be sure that you were actually um, all vaccinated and your immunity was built up. And so that's how long it, they said it, they really wanted four weeks. So I only had three weeks. I did the math and that's all I had. So I've made other arrangements for praline, um, unfortunately, uh, which is, you know, going to be sad because I'm going to miss her at the rally. I know she was already for her rally chant, but, uh, <laughs> but and anyway, I, I just want to encourage that you, um, that you uh, make sure that it, you are aware of all of this. And my vet said that um, that usually they thought about this with dogs who go to dog parks and that kind of thing. But she also actually thought that having a group relieving area, because this thing is so highly contagious, you know, like COVID, um, that it's so highly contagious, uh, you know, that 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 even that could expose dogs. So I'm not wanting to panic anyone or concern anyone. I know there are people who have worked this through with their vet and have come to um, solutions that are satisfactory to them. And uh, they also uh, maybe had the virus available that day and they could do that, which I couldn't. So uh, everyone's situation is different, but we do absolutely want people to be aware that um, that this is kind of happening and you know i don't know about you but i can't get my dog to mask up so um, <laughs> it's not happening <laughs> so um so we wanted to just really emphasize that that this is important and it's real and uh talk with your vet if you uh, have any concerns or if you if your dog hasn't already had the vaccinations and and uh just make sure you're you're okay well, and I want to thank Sarah Calhoun and GDUI mm -hmm. for bringing it to our attention. And we did reach out to Sarah and say tonight we would at least, we wanted to at least mention it uh, yeah. this yeah. week and probably again next week as part mm -hmm. of, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the ACB uh, right. president's uh, office hours, just, just to get the word out there for yeah. folks. Yeah, so, absolutely. And I, and I um, think some really good news related to guide dogs is, is that we, uh, had Kelly Gask, our communications manager, and Eric Bridges, our executive director, went over to the hotel last Thursday, and the general manager at the hotel agreed to build a uh, relief area 
right at the mm-hmm. front of the hotel for the guide dogs and, yes. and, and have the maintenance people maintain it throughout mm-hmm. our stay at the mm-hmm. hotel. So this I thought terrific. that yes. really, a, really a, a good step forward, uh, you know. Oh, this is going to make such an improvement in our um, DC leadership deal for dogs because um, uh, I don't know, you know, I guess if you live in downtown New York City, you you probably take your dog out in some pretty horrific uh, places along along gutters or, you know, in in maybe the middle of Fifth Avenue or so. I don't know. But but but, you know, for those of us who who sort of have more more normal environments, suburban and rural environments. Um, our dogs, my dog, doesn't really think highly of getting up out of bed, eating a big breakfast, and then walking a few blocks to some place to go. <laughs> it's like, really? Are you going to do that? Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, I think having this right in front of the hotel in a in a good safe spot. Um, is going to be really good. And I know I was really pleased because I'll be arriving in the middle of the night and also be leaving in the middle of the night. And, you know, I just was really glad for this. So uh, if you do bring your dog, know that it, your dog is going to be very, very comfortable and 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 uh, very well uh, uh, accounted for in this process. So we really appreciate that. Yes, very good. Mm-hmm. Well, Kenneth, uh, talk to us a little bit. I know you're you're squeezing in a very busy calendar. So the the first weekend of the virtual conference, you're actually going to be at the uh, Hawaii convention, right? So we've recorded a, a couple of sessions, uh, so you can um, be involved and give presentations. Uh, during the virtual portion, but then you're flying back from Hawaii and heading to DC. You're you're a busy That's man. Yeah, <laughs> actually, uh, I'll be traveling. I have four trips in March. So I'll be gone at least 21 days out of 31. But uh, heading to Hawaii on March the 1st and um, planning on being back for the 6th. And so I'll be able to participate virtually on the part, a part of the 6th and 7th for real. And so looking forward to that virtually. Uh, it's just good having done it before. You can kind of visualize what's going to happen. And then you also have your agenda you can look at and really feel like you're with everybody, even though you're not going to be, be able to be there on that Friday and uh, I mean, the Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. But, hey, it's going to be something I can uh, appreciate and tune tune into to anything that's going to be uh, recorded for podcast. So but I'm looking forward to it and uh, being prepared to head to D.C. right after Hawaii and uh, looking forward to the rally, big rally that we've been working together to plan. And we've made some uh, good, good contacts to get some people out there to join us. But I'm looking forward to the pre-recorded presentations uh, from the mentoring program. Uh, that's with uh, Kendall Simeon Sr., Cheryl Cummings from the Multicultural Affairs Committee, uh, Donna Brown from the Borough Collie Leadership Institute Training Committee and Donna Browning from the ACB Membership Committee working with together to build our program. And we have our guides and explorers uh, are going to play a part in that. They will be joining live right after the the uh, pre-recorded uh, presentation is played. Then, well, Cheryl and the other Donnas will to uh, introduce uh, uh, some of our guides and explorers that will share some of their experiences 
And uh, we, we've been moving forward. We One thing uh, Dan is having office hours now, we had one a few Saturdays ago, and we had some great participation. We had an hour for guides and an hour for uh, explorers, and they were open and ready to share uh, any concerns that they may have had. And it was it, was, it went over well. We've had our uh, checkpoint meeting like in December. We have another one coming up on March 29th. Those meetings we get together, we've had a guest speaker to come in and give an empowerment, uh, I would say, message and uh, try to encourage people to get involved, make, make, it the be- make the best of the program and your participation in it because it started on September 15th of 2022 and we have until june 15th of 2023 and we'll try our best to as many as possible can meet up in the uh in schaumburg for the in-person convention and we have a special tea uh afternoon tea ready to join together have some of our leaders involved and and make sure that we present some certificates of appreciation and achievement to those who will be there and we'll make sure we connect with those who could not travel and we're hoping that as many can will join us but for uh the dc leadership meetings uh, i like the fact that uh we'll have a, a portion of, that's going to be live where the mentoring team will share uh some tips and techniques from a book that's uh we're going to be promoting who moved my cheese and it's mostly about uh, accepting change, sudden change that comes uh, uh, into our lives that we just can't even control. Sometimes we allow those changes, sudden changes to hold us back and we delay to accept that change. And sometimes we just say, I just don't want to deal with that. But th- this this book really helps you to see that there's so many things that will change in life. It's inevitable. Uh, but we can, if we begin to embrace it, prepare ourselves for that change that's very likely to come, unexpectedly, we can better uh, navigate uh, those times when it seems to be tough. We did it in 2020, having to jump on Zoom suddenly, uh, somewhere reluctant. I was one of those. And we had some great cheerleaders that said, come on, we can do it. Let's join together. We can make this happen. And we did. Uh, Now we're all using Zoom much more, uh, making presentations, just attending some fun events and all. So after we make that change, we uh, cross over that hump we have to cross over. Then we feel like, wow, it wasn't so bad. Uh, now, I'm, I'm, sometimes we're glad for the change. Sometimes we can say about uh, during COVID, we learned so many different things. We're, we've accepted some change and we're moving forward in it and with it. So um, other than the mentoring program that you'll hear more about uh, soon, uh, we are working with the Dory K. McDaniel Fund Committee as chair. Uh, we have our team that got together, our vice chair, Zelda Gebhardt, and we had Amanda Selm. Uh, she is our chair of one of our subcommittees having to do with uh, education and awareness for our awards. They've been having meetings uh, on Zoom just to tell everybody about our awards. We have gone online with our application, you know, and no complaints about it so far. Everything's flowing smoothly with the online application. It's something we talked about a while back and had not done it. So we're trying it out this year and then see where we'll be able to advance with it in the next year. So we've, we're getting some applicants. Um, I don't know the exact number yet, but for the first time, though, we've had people to ap- actually apply in January. Normally, um, people get the articles in December and January. They say that they'll go ahead and apply and we don't hear from people until april maybe some in march very few though 
normally we're kind of like having to get messages out. Come on, we need you to apply. Look at what's available to you. And uh, and normally we're doing that right at the, near, near the deadline. But now we have some applications in and um, I just posted the, the frequently asked questions for people to make sure that they have some answers to things so you, if they want to know it. Even in the midnight hour, they're looking at email. They have a, a list of uh, questions that are there and answers for them. Uh, and then we can talk about other things if they need to call me for anything. But uh, we're moving forward with a number of things. Uh, some of our subcommittees with the DCAM committee is getting some work done. So we'll be uh, talking about our awards during the during the uh, virtual portion of the DC Leadership Conference and uh, just encouraging people to really consider applying and talking to their uh, affiliate president, state or special interest affiliate president to write a letter of recommendation for them. Uh, that's totally necessary there in addition to applying online. So uh, anybody have any questions at any time, we're ready to answer. And I ask you to tune in to those sessions that will take place uh, on the 4th of March and Sunday the 5th. Well, thank you, Kenneth. And I want to reiterate, Let's get out there and read Who Moved My Cheese. It's a very easy download off of BARD with the Braille and Talking Book Library. All you have to do is uh, in the search criteria, just type in Who Moved My Cheese, and it'll come right up. And, uh, you know, you'll have an uh, opportunity there to, to read it. It's really a very short read. It takes about an hour there's a little uh, preface and a, and a wrap-up discussion at the end, but the actual book takes a little less than an hour to read. And I think it's uh, in, in the environment that ACB is living in now, we really are having to learn how to embrace and deal with change. And I think this will give us a really uh, an excellent platform to kind of continue to have that discussion during the virtual leadership conference and also into the in-person leadership conference. So please, if you get a chance, download Who Moved My Cheese and learn about Sniff and Scurry and him and Hall, the four characters that make up the book. And uh, it is really, I think uh, it, it makes you think. And, uh, you know, I've had the opportunity uh, to read it uh, even this morning after I woke up and within an hour, by the time I had my breakfast done, I'd read the book. So it really is a very easy read and I'm really encouraging everybody to get out there and read it. Deb, did you have an opportunity during your um, working career? Did that ever come up as a- Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And how about you, Kenneth? Did you yeah. use it when you were at AT and T? Yeah, it's we, really we it's it's a very easy read to to really get a good conversation going about uh, embracing and dealing with change. So, Travis, we've got a lot going on here. We could talk forever about the DC Leadership Conference, but this is mainly for us to have some often office hours. You've got the president, the first vice president, one of our most active ACB board of directors. So, you know, let's see if there's anyone who uh, has any statements or questions for us tonight. We'd love to talk to you and we can always uh, fill in the open spaces with some more information around the DC Leadership Conference or other topics if people so desire. All right. First of all, can you hear me? I just want to make sure oh, my here, headset here, mic is set. Uh, you sound great. Yes. All right. First, we do have a couple of hands here and the first one will be Casey. Hello, Casey. Hello, Dan, Ken, and Deb. Looking forward to the, to the leadership conference. 
And Casey, Mike. first, I just want to say congratulations on getting elected as a new president of the Michigan Council of the Blind and Low Vision. Well, uh, congratulations. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we're, we're working on mentoring and a lot of different things. So a lot of things trying, we're trying to move forward. But my question has to do with the Capitol Hill visit. Um, sure. I know that's an option that, that uh, it used to be part of the whole um, conference at one time. Yes. At, at that time, um, ACB had volunteers to assist us through with that. And I may wind up going to see three or four different house reps. And mm -hmm. uh, my wife's sighted, but she's not the best with direction and geography would get confused. So is there going to be assistance for that? And then I have another question for Kenneth. Okay, sure. Um, I, I can't say that we won't have any volunteers, but I don't know, depending on how many people that come, I, can, I don't think ECB can guarantee a volunteer for everybody that need one, needs one for the Hill visits. Uh, but I will tell you, and you've probably experienced this too, Casey, but, but you really, um, the, what at least Leslie and I have found during all the years we've traveled on Capitol Hill is, you know, you, it's very easy to ask the office to ask for an intern to help uh, guide you to your next uh, appointment. And I have never had any of them that have turned me down. And so it, it really is once you kind of get in there and get established in your first office and you can usually there's lots of folks that will help you even security as you get through uh, the what has happened this year is they have at least on the house side, for sure, they have reduced all of the restrictions. So you don't have to make, uh, have somebody from the office come down and meet you at security to, to escort you to the offices. You go ahead now and clear security like we did in the old days, and then you are free to go ahead and navigate up and down the halls of you know, Rayburn and Longworth and uh, Cannon buildings uh, to visit time, your representatives. So a time frame that we're doing this like before that we used to have certain uh, time of day that we'd go over there. Yeah. And I think the idea is we're going to have, we'll definitely have ACB staff and volunteers helping people if they uh, need help to, you know, get their Uber rides or their taxis uh, that Monday morning. The idea is to have Monday as our Hill visit day. Uh, so that would be the 13th of March. And uh, so if you want assistance with that, they'll be more than happy to, you know, help get you started and pointed you towards the right address up on Capitol Hill. Uh, we won't have anything like a muster station in the Rayburn building in the cafeteria like we have done in the past. Uh, but I think on a, you know, ones, one by one or one by two basis, uh, there is some opportunity there for, you know, people uh, perhaps to have a volunteer. It just depends how, you know, what we have available. But okay. yeah. Thank you. Well, that helps. Um, sure. And then uh, you had a question for Kenneth. Yes. On the call last night, uh, one of the, one of the applicants or one of the one applicant that wants to be uh, tried for one of these awards from Michigan had issues with the application um, when she went back to it and it said the site was no longer taking applications. And I don't know if she wrote you or called you about that or not. Um, no, uh, we definitely needed to hear about that. I wonder if, uh, uh, see, I wasn't there last night, but Amanda told me it went well. So I didn't hear about that. What did, uh, what did, what, what did Amanda say uh, about that situation? Cause I well, had not heard about it. 
All she said to, to Jennifer Bully was to uh, contact you and she gave the, your email address and that sort of thing. Okay. Um, but I know she's very excited about applying for both of them. And uh, um, well, I can reach out to Jennifer. She applied before. I have her contact information so I could reach out to her and see exactly what the problem was and see if we can give her some help to get registered or apply. Yeah, I, I think she has applied before. <laughs> yes. yes, she has. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate and, that. And Casey, okay. I just want to say thank you to you. I know you are going to be on a panel on uh, Sunday, March 5th uh, from 2.30 to 3.15 to talk about, you know, how Michigan's uh, state convention went this year and the pluses and minuses of the virtual environment versus the hybrid environment versus the in-person environment uh, with Ray Campbell. So thanks for agreeing to do that. Oh, you're welcome. I, I've done them both and it's, it's really quite different. And, uh, it's really for a totally blind person when you're used to thinking of uh, rooms in a hotel and and then you got to start to set up a virtual one in midair. That's a whole different thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, very so, good. We, we, we look forward to listening to your experiences. Okay. Thank you. Well, thank you for answering the questions. Sure, Casey. Have a good evening. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. All right. Next, you have Patty. Hello. Hi, good evening. Um, so when will we begin to get the schedule of events? Will those just come out daily or will they come out ahead of time? Where can we see a schedule of the virtual events? I'm looking online, but I don't actually. Well, at acb.org, there is a page that's dedicated to uh, it, it, right now, we already have all three agendas published out there. They'll be filled yeah, in. Let's not with, be looking in the right place. I did if, go to, and I went to the convention link, so maybe I just missed it. Okay. Um, no, it won't be convention uh, because it's the conference, the D.C. Leadership Conference. Yeah, that's the one I went to. Okay. And it's, and yeah, it's under it news. AC, it's under AC, oh. ACB News. Once you go to acb.org, you just scroll down. And you get to ACB News and write. That's the first thing uh, that you're oh, going to okay. witness. Okay, I see that. It says see all the news. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it'll take Thank you right you. there. And it, it'll have the agenda <clears throat> for both the president's meeting, the legislative seminar, and, and the in-person gotcha. uh, okay. conference. Okay. Mm -hmm. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Good thing I'm not coming in person. If I can't find my way around the internet, I don't even want to talk about hotel. <laughs> Y'all have a good time with that. No, thank you so much. All right. Thank right you, on Dad. the main page, there yeah, is man. a link that is 20. I'm looking at it right now. That is 2023 Leadership Conference. Yes. And yes. it's under there. Yeah. I found it. It and, says see and, all the news. That's yeah, where it's at. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And Patty, Thank don't you. don't feel bad at all. If you had that question, so did ten other people. So. Absolutely. <laughs> well, now yep, it's been correct. answered no, often, no bad questions. So now yes. you can think up a new question. All right. <laughs> all so right. let me just Thank follow you. up on Patty's question too, though, because the other side of that is uh, so how if you are actually registered, how will that all happen? And it's a little bit different this year than um than it has been in in the past for the convention. So instead of receiving a, a daily email from someone in the office, uh, you will actually receive your the links for all of the um, sessions will all be under the same link uh, and you will receive that directly through Zoom uh, through Zoom's registration process. So if you've registered for the conference, uh, we'll be registering you in Zoom and you will receive 
um, an email and a reminder email, and it, it will all be it will all be there. But it is actually like the general session link is in convention, where instead of running around and choosing uh, different events to go to and having to make decisions, which are so hard, uh, you won't have to. Um, we did that for you, so it's all in one line, and uh, you will just connect in or connect on the stream. Uh, we will have English and Spanish, and we will have English stream and Spanish stream, and we will, and you will be able to connect uh, to those. So you'll be able to just go into that link. So you'll receive that, uh, you know, just when you need it. You don't need it yet, <laughs> and so uh, when you do, uh, you will have that. But it's going to be much easier. You won't get a long email. It won't look like the community email or the daily convention emails at all. And you won't, you know, we are, we will not be broadcasting on ACB media, you know, right. one through 10. This will be a special skill that will be enabled only for those uh, who register for the DC Leadership Conference. So that's a little bit of a change. That's, that's and change I really, too. really want that for everybody to hear that. So if you don't register, you won't be able to listen on the A-Lady. So right. Uh, if you do register, then we'll have a special skill for those uh, who do register, as well as you'll have the ability to, you know, go into the actual Zoom meeting mm -hmm. and participate. Mm -hmm. uh, right. And we well, will, very important to register, and then you'll yes. get all these goodies. That exactly yeah. right, and so, um, and and Deb kind of touched on this, but we are so excited that through the Multicultural Affairs Committee and the Hispanic Subcommittee. We have worked to find three amazing uh, ACB members uh, that uh, Michael and Lucy and Daniel, who are all professional uh, Spanish language translators, and we will be hiring their services and we will be uh, broadcasting the uh, four community events uh, that the four imperatives, which are the 23rd, the 27th, the 28th, and the 1st of March, all at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Those will be um, broadcast uh, on both in, in both English and Spanish. And we're also going to turn on the Q&A functionality inside of Zoom, and people are going to have the ability to leave a question or raise their hand to have a question answered. So, And we'll also be using CART. Uh, with captioning for our deaf uh, and blind community. So there's really, uh, we're trying to be as inclusive and as accessible as we possibly can. So, uh, you know, please uh, take advantage of this uh, new functionality that we're providing. Uh, do we have anybody, uh, uh, Travis, in Clubhouse with Jane? Jane? Um, oh, I'm so sorry. Yes, we do. All right. That person up. Um. There we go. Deanne. Hello, Deanne. Can you hear me? <laughs> yes, we can yes. hear you. Hi, Deanne. Hi. Uh, my question was, and I'm too lazy to look it up, so I just thought I'd ask, when's the deadline to register by? 
The deadline to register is February 28th, so uh, a week from tomorrow. So you've got eight days left. So hurry, hurry, hurry. Um, I will say if you're going to the in-person uh, uh, portion of the DC Leadership Conference, the hotel block is sold out. So we are trying to make arrangements uh, for overflow uh, capacity at either the existing hotel at a different room rate or at some companion hotel. So if anybody is uh, you know, still planning to come in person and did not have a chance to take advantage of the room block, which ended last Thursday, the 16th of February, please contact uh, the ACB office and we'll try to work with you to, uh, to do the best we can to find you accommodations in DC, in Old Town Alexandria, right by, by the, the hotel where the in-person conference will be held. All right, thank you, Deanne. Okay, Liz is next. All right, hello, Liz. Hello, everyone. Thanks for doing this call. I really appreciate it. Uh, sure. My question is for those of us who are in the local area already, uh, who will be, my plan is to come to the rally on the 10th and then hopefully be able to go back at that point to the hotel. A, is that doable or should I even ask this question maybe offline? Uh -huh. um, you know, so I guess, is that doable? And then would I be able to come back, I guess? on the bus if I'm not coming from well, the hotel uh, on that Friday? Um, I, I, so let <laughs> me answer that in two parts. So so one, we're, we're trying to make it uh, very accessible for those that are in the local area and would like to, to, to participate. So we're working with the National Park Service and uh, uh, top line, the folks that are helping us uh, plan the rally. And we're going to have a designated pickup and drop-off location where your paratransit or Uber, Lyft, uh, you know, share ride service can drop you off with volunteers to get you from the rally stage, you know, back and forth to the drop-off location. Uh, as far as the bus back to the hotel, uh, that's uh, right now reserved for those that do register for the for the conference which I've so, done you've done okay well if you I've registered done, I just since I'm in the local area I'm and I'm sorry I don't I just I oh, no sure I, Go ahead. I'm staying yeah, those two night Friday and Saturday yeah and so I would just want a way to get back to the hotel okay but, but you're you're planning then on not starting at the hotel because if you start at the Correct. hotel you, you 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 don't wish to start at the hotel I do because, not just okay. because I'm in DC already. Okay. Now, because the, no the, 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 the bus is going to go from the hotel and drop people off at the rally site. So that is an option for you. You could take, you could take okay. your ride to the hotel and take a bus to and from the rally. Uh, okay. If you, if you don't wish to do that, I think we just need to make sure that you're on the list so that you'll, uh, you know, okay. they'll be I looking am registered and all of that. So, Okay. okay, we're typically hoping people will pick up their badges either Thursday evening or Friday morning before uh, before the rally. So fair. Uh, I could just so, that's fine. I'll figure. Yeah, I, I'm <laughs> thinking. You. I'm honestly thinking if if it's not too much trouble for you, the cleanest way to go, honestly, is to be at the hotel because now you're in. You're in the system. Fair. 
that okay. everybody's, you know, expecting you to get on the bus and off the bus. So that's the cleanest way to do it. Yeah. Okay. And, I and, guess and we'll thank have you times, for coming. Yeah. Go we'll ahead. We'll have times in terms of when that's leaving and all that. So, okay. Yeah, most certainly. Yes. We've got You're those welcome. all identified. Thank oh, thank you. And we look forward to uh, seeing you at the rally and at the uh, conference. Thanks Likewise, for coming. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, Kenneth, uh, Deb, any other thoughts before we go back to our next person with the uh, next hand? Well, um, I, I would like to say I reached out to some entities uh, out there in the D.C. area, low vision support groups, a, a lighthouse for the blind, Maryland School for the Blind, and uh, one other prevention of blindness. Uh, it's a support. They have actually 10 support groups in the D.C. area. So they're helping to spread the word and hoping we'll get some participation from all those uh, groups that are spreading the word of, about the rally uh, and they'll show up that day. That'll be exciting to add some more people in, even, even though they they may not be members. They want to participate. Yes, I, I, I that that'll be great. I, I anybody that has an interest, boy, we'd love to have you out there. Ooh, we'd love to have you out there at the rally again. Uh, the rally will start at one thirty on March tenth, which is Harriet Tubman Day, uh, the day that she passed one hundred and ten years ago. Uh, so the rally will start at 1.30 and end around 3. Uh, so I think our latest bus drop off will be at like 1 o'clock. So the idea is to get people there in plenty of time to get them to the stage and ready for the rally. And then after the rally, which will be located uh, in Lafayette uh, Park, right across from Pennsylvania Avenue from the, from the north side of the White House, and then after the rally, we're planning on marching down to the U.S. Treasury building and, uh, you know, asking people to show us the money. So we we really want to, you know, our slogan is show me the money. You know, it's been uh, Jeff Levicki did an amazing timeline of how long the American Council of Blind and our members have been advocating for accessible currency. So the first resolution requesting accessible currency uh, was passed by our membership in 1977. So that was 46 years ago. So we're coming up on half of a century that we've been advocating for accessible currency. And so uh, it's really fascinating to, to read Jeff's uh, timeline, uh, you know, uh, uh, that, that kind of chronicles, you know, the different steps that ACB has gone through uh, to build towards accessible currency. And it's also exciting that Women on the 20 and Barbara Howard, their president, she's coming down from New York and will be participating in the rally. So uh, it's great to have these partners that are uh, in this with us together, all pushing for accessible and inclusive accessible currency. So pretty exciting. Travis, any other hands? Yes, we have a couple. First up is Kenny. You may unmute. All right. Good evening, Mr. President. Uh, I just wanted to make a quick comment. Um, this is Kenneth Johnson, and I'm here in Hawaii. And I want to say to Kenneth, I will look forward to seeing you here when you come in and shaking your hand and thank you for everything you did. 
in everything you do every day. And that's, that's all I had to say. So you guys have a great evening. Well, and Ken, I, you are always a great participator in our ACB auctions. And so I just want to give you a shout out and say thank you for being what a, such a wonderful member for the American Council of Blind. And I know you will you will give Kenneth a big aloha there when he when he gets to Honolulu. All right. All right next next we have a phone number five zero eight, ending in six one three. Good evening. Right. This is Jane Perry from Falmouth, Massachusetts. Your Cape Cod connection. Hello, Mr. President. Thank Hello. you for having this uh, session. Mm -hmm. It's great having office hours that you uh, let people come and have, express their viewpoints. Uh, I have uh, a comment, then two questions. I'm a member of the uh, Aging Alliance affiliate, and yesterday I got an email asking us to, to do some talking points. I don't know what they're on, but I haven't opened the email. I've been too busy. Mm -hmm. um, when we see our... Um, legislators about older people's issues. Mm -hmm. So I think that's great that they haven't forgotten us, older people, because uh, we live in the baby boomer age that are the older population right now. So right. mostly that are Aging Alliance um, members. But anyways, my two questions is related to the conference, legislative conference is, first of all, why did you split up between legislative and leadership. And my second question is regarding you have transportation to the rally, but no other transportation to visits on the Hill. Now, I used to belong to another organization, Business and Professional Women's Organization. Mm -hmm. And we went down in our mid-conference in February, not only to lobby, but had other facial sessions. And we always had bus transportation from the hotel to a central location around Capitol Hill. And I think that's important where people live on fixed incomes. So I'm just putting that out there. Thank you very much for taking my call, and you have a good evening. Well, thank you, Jane. And I think you bring up a very good question. You know, we're, 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 we're new to this. And so I, I will say you, you've, you just challenged our paradigm a little bit in that historically we have never had buses at the in-person DC leadership conference uh, because we've never had a rally, we've never had tours before. And so we've kind of always uh, had people work independently to get their rides. Now, we had several years where we worked with Uber and they actually provided free rides uh, through the Uber app for those uh, that wanted to go to Capitol Hill as part of their partnership with the American Council of the Blind. But year in and year out, we've kind of provided, uh, you know, I'll say volunteers to help and try to coordinate, but we haven't really provided the transportation to get from Virginia to, to Capitol Hill and back. But, you know, in a world where we, we had buses that, that could have been a possibility. And I think something we should look, we've already got the bus contract and all that signed for this year. And I don't know, think we have a real good count of how many people will be going to, to the Hill on Monday. 
uh, because it just opened up here a couple of weeks ago. Up until a couple of weeks ago, it really wasn't even much of an option to go to Capitol Hill and visit your representatives, except with very strong appointments and the, the per people from the office had to come down and meet you. So it's really opened up here uh, truly over the last two or three weeks. Uh, but I think that's a really good consideration for the, the future. Uh, we're one we're learning. The, yeah, yeah, one of the issues about that, too, that makes it that a little more complicated than, say, the rally, is yeah, that yeah. people have their appointments in different buildings and at different times of the times. day. Yeah, you can and get them so, closer, but you... Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah, know, yeah. so, what, so like when I have taken an Uber over there with three or four people, um, even people that aren't necessarily part of my group, just to get over there, um, we've been able to have it drop us off a closest to where we want to be. And, right. and, you know, that kind of raises, goes back to Casey's question about getting from point A to point B. Um, I, I think that what I would miss more is the, is the fact that we have had really been challenged with trying to recruit uh, volunteers and and that not for not trying so but but the the getting around once you get to the capital it is it, for most people more challenging than getting there so one of the things um some of you might want to do some of us might want to do if we're going to go to the capital on monday is put out on the lists and uh, find other people who might be going to the same building group, same building block, and time frame that you are, and hook that up, and that will definitely reduce the cost of of the transportation a lot. So um, we we probably I would certainly really encourage people to coordinate because it would probably be a harder one for us to do a bus for just because of the logistics of where and when people need to be over there. Right. And uh, thank you, Jane, for getting involved in the Alliance on Aging with Vision Loss. And, uh, you know, uh, Jeff, Tom, and now Doug Powell are doing a great job as uh, the president, the media past president of that uh, mm -hmm. special interest affiliate. And I will say we've learned a very interesting thing when, when we worked with the National Institutes of Health on, you know, accessible at-home COVID tests. And they originally broke the group into three different uh, segments uh, as we started the discussion with their with their Radex team, and it was really around blind and low vision, and then seniors, and then people that were having issues with fine motor skills, and what they found as they broke into three teams and and did you know focus groups with each of us. And by the way, Jeff Tom participated in the, you know, in the seniors group representing AABL, uh, is that a lot of the concerns and issues with at-home COVID tests uh, and being able to do them independently were very similar across all three populations. And so we do see an intersectionality there uh, between the challenges uh, for, for different disabilities. And so... I think, uh, again, that whole experience has really been an eye-opener to, uh, I think, the National Institutes of Health, and it's been really fascinating, and I want to just, you know, give a shout out to Clark Rackful and, and Swatha Nanda Kumar, Jeff Tom, and um, 
and Kim Charlson, Claire Stanley, all the folks that have been involved in the National Institutes of Health and the RADx team, because we're really making really good progress there. And what we're really learning is that when we all kind of work together, it does truly does lift all boats. So thank you for your questions. All right, do we have anybody in Clubhouse? Uh, no one here. No one at this time? Okay. Very good. Well, let's share a little bit more about the... Um, we do have the, some more hands in the Zoom. Oh, yes, there's we a, do. Okay. Well, let's just go back to the Zoom hands then. Okay. Let's go back to a couple more hands in Zoom. All right. We've got two more right now. Donna. Well, hello. hello. Hey, Donna. So I'll be quick. So uh, I heard your uh, response about volunteers. Uh, who is in charge of volunteers? Because I might be able to help you out major with that. Yeah, I, um, I, I would say direct your volunteers uh, to Janet Dickelman, I think is the okay. best place to get started. I mean, she's working with Rhonda Trot, but I think Janet's the best person to kind of help help us corral those names. That's where I've been sending people. Yeah. Okay. I, I was one, I was thinking that, but I wasn't sure since, you know, I, I knew she did the national, I didn't know she was doing this also. So that's why I wanted to ask you. And um, the other thing, can they, can somebody send out an actual address for p where people will be um, going to for the rally and have uh, an address will be good because it will be important for met like uh, paratransit and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, stay tuned. We will see that we're still wor working with the National Park Service. It's very fascinating to see how all, all, all this plays out. So even though we've applied for the permits and they've assured us we're first in line for that particular day, uh, they go through quite a bureaucratic process. Part of what yeah, we've I had know. To, part <laughs> of what we've had to go back and work with their um, the 508 coordinators and their accessibility teams. Mm -hmm. is about the drop-off location because where they typically want you to drop off is a fairly good distance away. And mm. so we've been working with their accessibility coordinators who work with the folks who actually do the permitting uh, to see if we can get an exception and get a, a spot that's closer uh, to the stage where people can drop off. But as soon as we get that uh, finalized with the National Park Service. We, you know, stay tuned and expect something out from Kelly Gas communicating that that location. Excellent. All right. And I'll definitely uh, get in touch with Janet right away about volunteers because I think I might be able to help big time on that. Oh, well, thank you, Donna. That would be fantastic. And thank you so much for participating in the, uh, the MAPS-P mentoring project. And we look forward to hearing your uh, panel discussion on uh, Sunday morning at one uh, twenty. Thank you so I'm much. Enjoying, I'm enjoying the whole thing very much. It's been very rewarding. And uh, we look forward to um, speaking to everybody at the uh, president's meeting and, um, you know, during the seminar. So it, just keep your ears open. Lots of stuff to come. All right. Thanks, Donna. <laughs> All right. Next we have, we have uh, Roberta. Hello, Roberta. Hello. Um, I would like to take a step back and okay. have someone explain to folks who have no idea what 
the leadership conference and this whole thing is all about what is it? We've seen president's meeting. We've seen fireside chat. We've seen tours. Mm-hmm. We've seen register. But mm-hmm. what is it? Sure. Okay. So, well, <laughs> it, well and Roberta, first of all, I'll say it's evolving. <laughs> so so for the you know first uh i'll say 10 plus years i was involved at the national uh level uh each year uh acb holds what used to be called the mid-year meetings which then now has you know been rebranded the dc leadership conference and it typically uh is is held was held before the days of Zoom, uh, in person, and before the days of a pandemic, uh, was held in person. And back then, it used to be the really it was like the fourth weekend in February at that point in time, and uh, it typically consisted of a day to day first first uh, an ACB in person board of directors meeting. And then a day, day and a half ACB uh, affiliate presidents meeting, and then a day and a half to two days of a legislative seminar. And you actually signed up for those two events separately. There were people that attended just the affiliate presidents meeting, some that attended just the legislative seminar, and some that uh, participated in both, and typically the, legis- the the board meeting would be on a Thursday half a day or Friday half a day, and then we would have the president's meeting on Saturday half a day Sunday, and then the legislative seminar half a day Sunday and all day Monday, and then on Tuesday we would end the event by uh, everybody uh, traveling uh, to uh, to the Capitol Hill and having Hill visits with all of the different rep, you know, uh, house of representatives and senators offices. Typically you meet with their legislative aides, not with them in person, but each affiliate state affiliate across the country would take time and schedule meetings with their respective representatives. And people would go out and spend that, that Tuesday traveling the halls of Congress. Five minutes. Oh wow, five minutes. Okay, thank you, Trev. So, um, so that that was kind of the standard uh, approach for the better part of 15, 20 plus years. Then um, in 2021, the pandemic hit, and we moved that to being virtual events, and we did those virtually in 21 and 22. Our attendance tripled because in the Zoom environment and not having to have travel expenses, a lot of people uh, we found could participate that didn't have the funds or the work-life balance to participate in person. Uh, This year, we're trying a new approach was to continue for a third year with the virtual uh, DC Leadership Conference, which is a two-day president's meeting and the two-day legislative seminar. Uh, again, the two days president's meeting is talking about things to do with ACB and ACB leadership. And the two days legislative seminar is to concentrate on our four imperatives trip typically that we have every year that we want to go advocate for on Capitol Hill with Congress. Then in addition to that, 
we now had a groundswell of people wanting to have an in-person rally in Washington, D.C. to uh, exercise our rights around accessible currency and advocate for accessible currency. So we had that request for our members. We felt it was time after three years to get see if we could get back in person. But since we already had the virtual president's meeting and, and legislative seminar, what would be something unique and different we could we could um, offer our members to come in person. And so we had the rally, we have the board meeting on Thursday, the rally on Friday. We are doing tours of Washington, DC. We have worked very hard to put, um, you know, accessibility features uh, in place over the years. ACB has with all these different entities, the National Park Service, the Capitol, uh, Mount Vernon, you know, the home of George Washington, all these different places. But people typically never have time to go visit anything because we're so busy in the hotel doing all these meetings all day long. So we decided to put together an opportunity for vendors to come and participate. We were going to have a mobile voting project, the James Webb Telescope, the National Library Service, all hands-on things that people can touch and talk to people. And in addition to that, we're going to do the rally, we're going to do tours, we're going to do a dine around. So we're trying to turn it into more of a leadership networking opportunity where people can really get to know each other and learn from each other. So that's kind of the idea. And then on Monday, we will conclude the in-person portion with an opportunity for people to again, go visit with their representatives in person in DC in the halls of Congress. And I hope I got through that because I only had five minutes, but I hope that at least gives you an understanding of how we got where we got to. And we'll, we, we'll see how it goes. You know, I don't know if this is a repeatable event, but it sure has been a lot of fun for this year, trying to pull it all together. And you do have just over a minute left now. All right. Any closing thoughts there, Deb and Kenneth? I can't believe an hour has already gone by. <laughs> yeah. <time flies. laughs> yeah. Just uh, register and and come to as much of the conference as you can, because um, if you can do the virtual, that's great. If you can make it with us in person, that's great. But whatever you can do, uh, we really uh, think this is going to be very unique and um, really an interesting experiment, and it will help us decide uh, whether any or all of this is appropriate for the future. It's a great learning experience, too, for our newer members who have never had the opportunity to join in in these types of meetings, and they'll, they'll, they'll want to come back the next time they get a chance this time. And stay tuned for our legislative imperatives in both English and Spanish on the 23rd of February, uh, Monday the 27th, Tuesday the 28th, and March 1st for all four of our imperatives. And register, register, register. It ends the 28th, uh, $25 to register virtually and $150 if you want to take advantage of the meals and all the tours and the rally in person. So everyone, I appreciate you participating. And next week, we'll be getting together on the 26th instead of the 27th because we have that imperative call and we didn't want to be in conflict with that. So President's office hours will be on Sunday, the 26th at eight o'clock uh, this coming Sunday. So stay tuned till then. Thanks for participating. And as Clark and Swatha like to say, keep advocating. Keep advocating.